0: Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself. Hey, Grammers! Welcome back to Gram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. This is episode 76. I am your host, Chris Zappa. Glad to have you back with me here again for another week of the show. Uh, this week, you know, some sometimes things happen, right? Life gets busy and, and things come up and things get in the way. That was definitely the case for me over the last week or so typically the podcast here I would record this and this would go out with the newsletter an all-in-one package if you will but I didn't get a chance to finish the show this week so I had to send the newsletter out by itself and uh, and I'll be publishing the podcast here a little bit later on I'm not sure if I'm going to uh, always have this problem if it's going to turn into a thing where it's just going to be published separately or not I kind of hope not but uh, I don't know I'm just having to play everything by ear right now but uh, hey I've been saying this a lot over the last Couple of weeks, and I'm going to say it again this week. Welcome to all the new subscribers uh, that have joined Zappagram. The, the Zappagram family. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for being here. Uh, we've had some, some numbers skyrocket over the last couple of weeks in terms of subscribers. So I'm just really happy to have all of you uh, listening and reading. I hope everybody's enjoying Zappagram. I, I try to cover a little bit of everything, but uh, not because I'm trying to pander to any particular audience rather. It's just because I'm interested in everything. So I cover rock and alternative and indie and pop and hip hop and Americana and select country, mostly alt country. Uh, dance and electronica. I mean, I I try to cover your run-of-the-mill music news, tour news, oddball news. That's always fun. Um, New music releases. I do weekly playlists and a weekly music poll. Then I take a look back at what happened in previous years in the world of music and in the the history section, you know, towards the end of the show. Um, All of that to say that I hope that there's something here for everyone. And most of all, I hope it's entertaining and interesting A lot of things going on in the world of music as we get into fall. It was just announced this week that Bob Marley has made history again after his 1984 compilation album Legend became the first reggae album to chart for 800 weeks on the Billboard 200. Earlier this week, Forbes confirmed the feat, revealing that Legend is also the second ever album to do this. The first to hit this milestone was... Anyone? Anyone? Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. But Legend is widely regarded as the best-selling reggae album of all time, having gone multi-platinum in 10 countries. In America alone, Legend is 15 times platinum, selling over 15 million copies since it dropped in 1984. The news of this comes three days after the 50th anniversary of Bob Marley and the Whalers' fifth studio album, Catch a Fire, seen as the album that put reggae on the map. A reissue of the Pivotal Record will be made available on November the 3rd of this year. Fans can pre-order the special edition 3 CD set and 3 LP vinyl set at the link in the newsletter. If you are subscribed to that this week, you can go there and find out more. Let's see, what else is everybody talking about this week? Epic Games has sold Bandcamp. They bought Bandcamp a few months ago. Sorry, I guess that would have been 18 months ago. And uh, now they're selling it for an undisclosed sum. Bandcamp's new owner is the music marketing company SongTrader, which according to its blog on the acquisition will continue to operate Bandcamp as a marketplace and music community with an artist-first revenue share. SongTrader, which describes itself as a music licensing platform and marketplace company, framed the acquisition as an opportunity for Bandcamp artists to secure licensing deals including with Epic Games itself, which will continue to collaborate with Bandcamp on projects like Fortnite Radio. I feel bad for Bandcamp. It just, you know, gets passed around so much. Um... And, it, and everybody was a little skeeved out when Epic Games bought them, because what the hell would they want with, you know, a music platform? And everybody was sort of suspicious of, you know, how are they going to ruin this for, uh, for the artists who have made a home there? But apparently uh, not a whole lot changed. And uh, now with this sell-off to uh, Song Trader, we're going to see, keeping a, a watchful eye on it again, just to see if anything changes. They say it won't, but, you know, I guess time will tell. Oh, here's something else that everybody's talking about. Concert promotion Giant Live Nation is ending merch fees for artists at all of its club-sized venues across the country. The company announced this uh, this past Tuesday as a part of a new developing artist program that it has launched with none other than the great Willie Nelson. The On the Road Again program, named after Nelson's famous song, will give artists playing those venues an extra 1500 bucks per show intended to help cover growing tour expenses like gas, transportation, and hotels. Live Nation also said it would give unspecified bonuses to crew workers, and the company will contribute another $5 million to the Crew Nation fund it started back during the pandemic. The program applies to 77 Live Nation venues across the country, including all of its House of Blues and Fillmore locations. Merchandise fees, in particular, where concert venues can typically tax between 15 and 30% of merch sales from the artists who play there, have long been a hot-button topic among artists to consider the practice unfair. It is unfair. It's it's nearly impossible to make a living as an artist nowadays, and, and particularly when you're hit with fees like this uh, on your merch, when you're playing at a venue, at a Live Nation venue, and they still wanted to tax artists on that. So anyway, they're doing away with that, and I think that's a really good step in the right direction, a good move that puts artists first, and I think uh, all the artists uh, have Willie Nelson to thank for being the spark that lit this fire under their ass. Thank you, Willie. Good job. Willie Nelson's the fucking man. If you spend any time in the world of music over the past week, you have no doubt seen clips from the new U2 residency at The Sphere in Las Vegas. It's all over social media. There's just videos just showing how incredible this place is. The opening night for The Sphere in Las Vegas represented a great many things for James Dolan and his business partners who built the place. It was an opportunity to introduce their $2 billion investment to the world. Uh, For the live music industry, it was a chance to see if giant concerts could work outside of the stadiums and arenas that have housed them going back to the days of Beatlemania. And for Las Vegas particularly, it was a test run of a grand new attraction that should bring tourists to the city for years to come. But for U2, this residency was something very different. This was their opportunity to reboot the band after years of inactivity and and new albums that failed to generate much heat. They get to welcome the replacement drummer Bram Vandenberg, who's filling in for Larry Mullen Jr while he recovers from surgery and then uh, find a way forward by revisiting their greatest triumph of the past Octum baby in its totality they're playing that album in its totality as well as you know hits from all of the other albums too I've seen concert footage from this and this place is insane you guys but anyway um we'll talk more about U2 and the Sphere and uh and all the stuff that they're doing there a little bit later on in the show and speaking of the show we've got a lot to cover so let's go ahead and jump in. Our quote of the week this week comes from someone who is a very prominent feature in the news this week, though he has not been with us for 27 years. Our quote of the week comes from Tupac Shakur, who said, Out of anger comes controversy, out of controversy comes conversation, and out of conversation comes action. Very, very well said. We will be talking more about Tupac a little bit later in the show. In uh, last week's Rock the Vote poll, I asked you guys, do you hate the song What's Up as much as I do? That Four Non blonde song from the 90s, What's Up? Your possible choices were, yes, it's god-awful, or no, I like horrible things. 53% of you agreed with me and said, yes, it's god-awful, and 47% of you apparently like horrible things. That's actually a little surprising. I, I was surprised to see that it was uh, split fairly evenly down the middle. So uh, it just goes to show that's a polarizing song. You either love it or you hate it. I hate it. But if you like it, you know, again, that's that's fine to like horrible things. There's nothing wrong with that every week along with the podcast and the newsletter Zappigram puts out a playlist of music that's new music that's just been released sometimes it's old music uh, just because it's great and uh, and then i published that on spotify and apple music so whether you subscribe to one or the other you can always listen to the Zappigram playlist this week's playlist i included uh, one of my favorite songs of all time and it was uh, from the 80s so it's definitely one of my favorite 80s songs uh, it endures to this day it's still incredible the group was called david and David the song "Welcome to the Boomtown." I don't know if a lot of you will remember that. I don't know if a lot of you are listening were alive back then, and and it sort of faded away into obscurity, I would say. But it was one of the best 80 songs, in my opinion. Uh, so I, that's at the top of the playlist today. A friend of mine, Keith Higgins, uh, wrote a piece about it, which I'm also going to talk about, you know, later on in the show. But uh, he he brought it back to the forefront of my mind, and I started listening to it again, and it's just so goddamn good. I wanted all of you guys to hear it too in addition to that song i've got new music on there from telecoms steven sanchez bibio joseph western and maori goldford uh blonde redhead clear and holochrome peter gabriel U2, smashing pumpkins and friendship commanders all on this week's playlist that would be playlist number 76 be sure to give it a listen and now without further ado let's jump into this week's music news All right, guys, kicking things off this week in the news, some really big news. After 27 years, a man has finally been charged with murder in connection to Tupac's killing. Back in 1996, a Las Vegas man has been arrested and charged Friday, this past Friday, in connection to the fatal drive-by shooting of Tupac Shakur in 1996. Dwayne Keefe D. Davis was arrested last Friday morning. He was charged with murder with use of a deadly weapon. A Nevada Grand Jury indicted Davis in the killing. announced in court this past Friday Chief Deputy District Attorney Mark DiGiacomo called Davis the on-ground, on-site commander who ordered the death of Tupac you may remember back in July, Las Vegas police revealed that they had searched Davis's home in connection with Tupac's murder. They were looking for computers and and hard drives and all kinds of stuff like that. But uh, but this asshole wrote a book. He wrote a book and uh, one of the police detectives uh, has said that it was his own book that would likely finally result in charges uh, for the murder, and it turns out that's exactly what happened. So anyway, it's just nice to finally see that uh, justice has prevailed, um, and it may have taken 27 fucking years, but uh, finally someone is in jail for Tupac's murder. This happened so long ago; it's part of music history now. But Tupac was shot on September 7th, 1996, in Las Vegas while en route to a nightclub with uh, Suge Knight following a Mike Tyson fight. They had just left this Mike tyson fight they were headed to a nightclub and they were stopped at a stoplight and this white cadillac pulled up next to their car and uh, an unidentified gunman fired 14 shots four of those 14 shots hit tupac and he died several days later on september 13th 1996 in the hospital i guess the takeaway from this is that uh, justice will eventually prevail i mean 27 years you know better late than never Tupac was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 2017, and now, for the first time, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony will air live on TV. Uh, It's going to be on streaming on Disney Plus this year. The actual ceremony takes place Friday, November 3rd, so that will be streaming live on Disney Plus. That happens at Brooklyn's Barclays Center at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then later on, a two-hour special will air on Monday, January 1st on New Year's Day on ABC, with performances and highlights from the show. Elton John, Saint Vincent, Brandy, Carlyle, Dave Matthews, Her, Chris Stapleton, and New Edition have been announced as special guests. This year's Rock Hall inductees are Kate Bush, Missy Elliott, Rage Against the Machine, Cheryl Crow, George Michael, Willie Nelson, and The Spinners. Other inductees in special categories include DJ Kool Herc, Chaka Khan, Link Ray, Al Cooper, Bernie Taupin, and Don Cornelius. So that'll be a very good ceremony. It'd be fun to watch. If you've got Disney Plus, you can stream that on Friday, November the third. Okay, so we're talking a lot about you 2 Earlier in the show, right at the top of the show, we were talking about how they've kicked off their residency at Las Vegas's uh, sphere. The new sphere. The, the giant uh, eyeball. It's actually a giant whatever. They can make it into anything. It can look like an eyeball. It can look like the moon. Um, it can look like a tennis ball or a basketball or a, just a star covered orb the thing is the coolest fucking thing i've ever seen um anyway hours before they opened their residency at the sphere the band officially shared the video for their new single atomic city and they recorded this in las vegas the uh the the song is actually really good i have uh, I'm, I'm a huge youtube fan i love YouTube. but that being said i haven't been super excited or blown away by much of their research recently released music, say, in the last 10 years or so. I mean, I think a lot of YouTube fans feel that way. Like, love the band, but, you know, eh, it wouldn't. Eh. But anyway, this new single, Atomic City, it's actually quite good, and the video is quite good as well. Um, so I've included that uh, down in the newsletter under Z-Rex this week. That's one of the many things that's in Z-Rex this week. Um, but anyway, this new single, Atomic City, it's out now on streaming platforms everywhere. Go listen to it, check it out, and tell me what you think. As you may or may not know, Aerosmith was on a farewell tour. They had just kicked it off, and uh, now they've decided to push all of their upcoming Peace Out Farewell Tour dates to 2024 after learning that Steven Tyler's vocal injury that he suffered early on in the show is more serious than initially thought. They had uh, they had Black Crows opening for them on this tour, but it looks like um, at the earliest they're going to be returning in 2024. Initially, they thought that he uh, just damaged his, his vocal cords a little bit turns out he fractured his larynx i i don't even i don't even i don't how do you what you know what i don't know i'm not a doctor but that sounds pretty fucking bad but anyway we wish steven a speedy recovery and hope his uh, larynx heals up nicely In further gotta cancel my show's uh, tour news, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band have announced that all remaining 2023 tour dates will have to be postponed till next year as well. Springsteen's been in treatment for peptic ulcer disease for the last few weeks. They thought that he was going to be able to get back out on the road before the end of this year. Turns out it will not be until sometime next year. Previously, he and the band had pushed back their September dates uh, of the tour, but now according to advice from his doctor, he's got to push all these dates back out until sometime next year. Um, according to the statement that was released, all tickets will be honored for the soon to be announced dates, though refund will be available to those who cannot make the newly scheduled shows uh, and you'll have 30 days to request a refund if that's the route you want to go. It was just announced that Foo Fighters will hit 10 cities for 12 shows next summer 2024 for their everything or nothing at all tour. The group's U.S. stadium run will kick off with two shows at New York's City Field next July. The group's tour, which follows their 2023 album, but here we are, will feature The Pretenders and The Hives as special guests on alternating dates. Also joining the band on various dates are Mammoth Wolfgang, Van Halen, Alex G, Amal and the Sniffers, and L7. This run of stadium shows kicks off again, like I said, July 17th in New York, runs through August 18th, so just about a month. And in that time, they're going to hit New. York City, Boston, Hershey, PA, uh, Cincinnati, Minneapolis, Denver, San Diego, two nights in LA, Portland, and Seattle. So uh, go ahead and check out tickets for those shows. They are on sale right now. So as well as getting to look forward to the foos coming to a city near you, you can also look forward to a PJ Harvey tour in 2024, a North American tour specifically. In July, she shared her latest album, "I Inside the Old Year Dying, her first album in seven years. And last week, she returned with her first live performances since 2017. Now, she has hinted that she's looking at touring North America in the fall of 2024. News of the North American dates arrives via a new interview with Vulture, in which Harvey discussed her ongoing European tour and shined a light on what's ahead for her. She said, it'll be a look at all of my material over the years, but with a concentration on the latest album. Continuing, she said that the breadth of her discography will be celebrated at the upcoming gigs. I think it'll be a really comprehensive show for all ages of PJ Harvey fans. She said, it's been a great joy actually to play some of those earlier songs. I haven't played many of them live for years, so I think it's going to be a special show for that reason as well. No further details regarding Harvey's tour schedule for 2024 are yet available, but uh, be sure to check back for updates because I'm going to be keeping an eye out on this one. I'll let you know when those tour dates for North America are announced. And in a final bit of tour-related news, Elvis Costello and the Imposters announce a 2024 tour of the southern United States starting the new year, uh, around the 1st of the new year, January 10th. They're going to kick that off in Tallahassee, Florida. Blues guitarist Charlie Sexton will be opening this run of shows. Again, it kicks off January 10th in Tallahassee before making stops in Louisiana, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, and North Carolina. Tickets are on sale right now for those shows, so if you're in the southern United States or if you're going to be during the uh, the month of January of next year and you want to see Elvis Costello and the Imposters? snap up some tickets right now. Okay, out of tour news and into uh, some goofy news, The Smiths Are Dead is a new adventure title for the Commodore 64. It's a new game about Morrissey. It's a new game about Morrissey for Commodore 64 puts players in Morrissey's shoes as he attempts to record his first solo single. In the game, the sheet music to Suedehead has been lost, and so Morrissey must try to track it down through clues. Uh, this sounds really interesting. Here's the official description from the Amiga store website where the game is sold. For Commodore C64, The Smiths Are Dead Cartridge Edition is a new illustrated text adventure game for the Commodore C64 computer. Developed by Commodore Plus, the story takes you to the world of music and specifically to a brief period of time when in 1987 the Smiths broke up. It is then where the game begins and you have to help Morrissey continue in the scene. It's weird, man. It's a weird, it's a weird description of what sounds like a really weird game but yeah who knew apparently you can buy the game it's like 25 pounds uh whatever that translates to in US dollars but you can go to amigastore.eu amiga store.eu and find the game there uh you can also just follow the link in the newsletter and that'll take you to it as well Daft Punk will continue their 10th anniversary celebration of Random Access Memories this November with a drumless edition of their Grammy-winning 2013 album. Random Access Memories Drumless Edition is due out November 17th. It features all 13 songs from the original album, but as the title suggests, the drums and percussion have been completely stripped from all of the tracks. This new edition comes following in the tracks of the 10th anniversary edition of the album that was just released a couple of months ago. featuring 35 minutes of unreleased music from the album sessions and uh now yeah if you want to hear this without any drums on it that's your chance to do it now i suppose going to be out november 17th one of the tracks um the drumless version of the ballad within is already out on streaming platforms now so you can go listen to that to get a little bit of a taste uh of what the rest of it's going to sound like i don't know it's going to be weird man uh daft punk with no percussion who knows i mean maybe it's going to be really awesome we'll find out soon I am a huge fan of Billie Eilish and everything she does. Throughout her career, Billie Eilish has found ways to dominate the pop sphere even between album cycles. Between her 2019 debut, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, and its 2021 follow-up, Happier Than Ever, she released Everything I Wanted, a one-off single she created with her brother and collaborator, Phineas. That song was amazing. Still is. And uh, what was I made for? their chilling contribution to the Barbie soundtrack that's out right now, that's also equally amazing. But uh, she just said in a recent interview that there's lots of music coming, a whole album of music coming. Uh, They're in the final stages of making it, so it's not about to drop like in the coming weeks, uh, but it's getting there. So uh, hopefully by maybe the end of the year, probably the first of the year, we'll have new Billie Eilish music in other news, Boy Genius has announced The Rest, a four-song companion EP to their latest album, The Record. That will be out October 13th, so in just a little over a week from now, uh, that new EP will come out. They debuted one of the new songs, Black Hole, at a show that they performed in Boston recently, and uh, saw a clip of that online. Sounds really good. Sounds uh, sounds like Boy Genius, so I'm um, pretty excited for the new EP dropping October 13th. Iron and Wine is the subject of a new documentary and concert film called Who Can See Forever? The film captured a performance at North Carolina's Hall River Ballroom and features performances of 19 songs from across Sam Beam's discography. The film soundtrack is out November 17th via Sub Pop. The movie will screen in theaters in select cities this fall and winter before heading to streaming platforms sometime in 2024. I will let you guys know when it does. Cocteau Twins lead singer Elizabeth Fraser now has an asteroid named after her, courtesy of the International Astronomical Union. The band's label 4AD shared the news today on social media confirming the name had been chosen carefully after 10 years of research. First discovered in 2013, the Fraser asteroid does not pose a threat to humanity and it isn't set to collide with earth for millions of years so you and i don't have anything to worry about it can only be viewed via advanced telescope imaging which is available on nasa's website so that's pretty cool uh what was it neil young had uh some new species of something named after him a a spider i think it was a spider and uh and now uh, elizabeth fraser has an asteroid named after her that's pretty cool i want an asteroid named after me Tina Turner passed away back in May of this year, but a new career-spanning box set featuring all 55 of Tina Turner's singles from 1975 to 2023 is coming out this fall. Queen of Rock and Roll will come in a 5LP, 3CD package. A pared-down 12-track vinyl version will also be available. Each version comes with a foreword written by Turner's friend and collaborator, Brian Adams. Queen of Rock and Roll is due out November 24th via Rhino Records. Soon after Michael Azarod first published the touchstone Nirvana biography, Come As You Are, The Story of Nirvana, back in 1993, his subject's future was cut much too short. Now, in honor of its 30th anniversary, Azarod is bringing the book up to date with the amplified Come As You Are, The Story of Nirvana, a super expanded version that's coming out October 24th. Come As You Are was already celebrated upon its release, written in close collaboration with Nirvana and even co-signed by Kurt as, the best rock book he'd ever read. But just seven months after the biography was published, Copain died by suicide, completely recontextualizing the stories Azeroth had just told and designating Come As You Are as the only book about Nirvana to ever feature original interviews with all three band members. The amplified Come As You Are is something like a book within a book, splicing Azeroth's original writings with new essay-like annotations written with three decades of hindsight. Now the biography not only delineates nirvana's career up to their tragic disbanding but it also explores how and why their legacy remains so strong notwithstanding disbanding and notwithstanding listen i'm a poet and i don't know it so again that book will be out october 24th this year also marks the 30th anniversary of in utero uh, which is also getting a massive reissue on october 27th that includes 53 previously unreleased tracks a must-have for any nirvana fan Mick Jagger has hinted at the idea of having the Rolling Stones back catalog go to charity rather than leaving it to his children, quote, who don't need it. In a new interview with the Wall Street Journal, the Stones frontman shared that he has no plans to sell the band's post-1971 catalog and suggested that it may end up going to charity. He said, the children don't need $500 million to live well. Come on, maybe it will do some good in the world, he added. "Nick Jagger has uh, eight children uh, all total, and uh, when reached for comment, all the eight kids said, whoa 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 dad whoa whoa in some tragic news this week nishan breedlove the actor best known for battle rapping against Eminem in the film eight mile has passed away at the age of 46 years old the news of his death was first reported on tmz and later confirmed by his family uh it said that he died in his sleep on sunday in his new jersey home there is no known cause of death at this time Also, Terry Kirkman, the singer and songwriter best known for his work with the 1960s band The Association, has also died, the Los Angeles Times reports. He was 83 years old. Here's some crazy Britney Spears news. The Los Angeles Police Department performed a welfare check on Britney Spears last week after she posted a video of herself dancing with large knives. A member of the LAPD's Mental Evaluation Unit requested the welfare check. Officers visited Spears' home on Wednesday and spoke to members of her security team who assured them that she was fine. Spears herself declined to speak with police. In a caption for the video, Spears said the knives were not real, adding, Halloween is soon. However, in a follow-up video, she appeared to have a bandage around her arm and a on her thigh, raising concerns that she had injured herself. I have, um, I have unfortunately watched the video uh, as you know millions of other people have too and yeah she's she's dancing around basically in her underwear with two large knives and uh, they don't sound fake because at one point she clinks them together and they sound pretty fucking real to me she's she's like spinning around in circles and waving these knives and the scariest thing to me is that there's like three small dogs around her feet and the way she's spinning around you know and holding these knives it just it doesn't look like a very safe environment for for the dogs and the dogs are smart apparently because she clicks these knife blades and they all haul ass take off running they're like ah fuck this i'm out of here that's some smart doggies Okay, and because I like these weird stories, we're going to round the news segment out with one last really weird story. Cher has been accused of hiring four men to abduct her own adult son in an effort to stop him from reconciling with his then-estranged wife. Newly surfaced divorce documents revealed Elijah Blue Allman, the son of Cher and rock legend Greg Allman, filed for divorce from his wife Marie King in 2021. However, in November 2022, the pair allegedly reconnected for 12 days uh, when four men reportedly entered their New York hotel room and abducted Allman on November the 30th, their wedding anniversary. His ex-wife made a statement in a legal declaration signed in December 2022 saying, I'm currently unaware of my husband's well-being or whereabouts. I'm very concerned and worried about him. I was told by one of the four men who took him that they were hired by his mother. Since August 2022, I have been told that I am not allowed to see or speak to him who is currently uh, in lockdown at a treatment facility. That is undisclosed to me. I am also told he has no access to his phone. In Allman's absence, King was asked to leave the couple's home, which is owned by Cher. She apparently did so, uh, saying later, I did so on the belief that my support payments would be timely and I would be able to afford housing. I was not allowed to retrieve all my belongings from our primary home and residence, nor was I given the opportunity to inventory our assets. Allman has long been open about his struggles with drug addiction, revealing that he first began using as a pre- Teen. Uh, after his alleged kidnapping Allman spent time at uh, chateau marmont in los angeles under the watchful eye of a share hired caretaker air quotes around that however earlier this month hotel staff found his lifeless body lying face down on the pavement leading to the hotel entrance with his arms by his side two days later police reportedly escorted Allman out of the hotel and to a rehabilitation center oh god drugs are uh, drugs are bad kids don't do drugs and on that note, my fine music-loving friends, we are done with a new segment of this show, but there's plenty more shows, so stick around. <music> and now the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for Asshole of the Week. This week's asshole is... None other than Brian Warner, a.k.a. Marilyn Manson. And a.k.a. stands for Asshole Known As. And Manson is a tough one for me. Um, I used to love Marilyn Manson uh, until I found out what a fucking monster he is. And that's one of those cases where I just can't separate the art from the artist. I mean, you know, his music was pretty fucked up anyway. And, uh, but to learn just what a fucked up individual he is... Uh, yeah, his his shit has been scrubbed from all of my music libraries. Anyway, the dickhead's in the news this week because a woman who had sued him for rape, uh, they've reached a settlement before it could go to trial next week. This lawsuit filed in 2021 alleged that the singer raped her and deprived her of food, sleep, and a sense of safety. She claimed he threatened to, quote, bash her head in if she reported the abuse, which she said occurred uh, like a decade before in 2011. And of course, as everyone knows, more than a dozen other women have come forward over the years with similar allegations against him, making Brian Warner one of the biggest pieces of shit to ever scream behind a microphone. So yeah, fuck that guy. I hope he, uh, I hope he gets the life he deserves. Now moving right along into Z-Rex Zappa's recommendations. Uh, I have a lot of stuff I've packed into this segment this week. The first item of note is a piece my friend Keith R. Higgins has penned, titled Boomtown, The Lost Gem and the Genius of David and David. Keith runs an excellent podcast called Abandoned Albums, which I highly recommend and encourage everyone to go check out. You can find it on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. This particular piece uh, really struck a chord with me. Uh, David and David is a band I talked about a little bit earlier on in the show. They, uh, They put out one album in... Uh, the '80s, '86, I believe it was, and this song "Welcome to the Boomtown" got a lot of radio airplay, and it was my it was my favorite song at the time when it came out in 1986, and it still remains to this day one of my favorite songs ever. The entire album is uh, is brilliant and just absolutely killer, killer album. And I think that they were just they were perfect for their time, while simultaneously being ahead of their time. Great songwriters, great instrumentation, fantastic production, uh, and this song "Welcome to the Boom." Boomtown. It's just so fucking good and and it gets in your head and you can't get it out of your head and you don't want to. They've sort of been forgotten about, I think, by anyone who wasn't uh, maybe wasn't around at the time and uh, doesn't remember them. If, if you remember them, I think they struck a chord with uh, everyone who does still remember them. So anyway, it's nice to see that uh, that Keith wrote this piece uh, on them and uh, it's definitely worth everybody's time to check out. Also, like I said, their song Welcome to the Boomtown is uh, at the top of the Zapogram playlist this week, so be sure to listen listen. listen to it and you'll hear what I'm talking about. It's just so damn good. Another piece I'm highlighting titled 40 life lessons from 40 years of the Melvins by Jamie Ludwig published on spin.com. If you are a fan of the Melvins, you're going to want to check that out. Also, there's a piece titled Nick Cave on why the Kubler-Ross grief method is bullshit written by Corey Groh and published on Rolling Stone. Then finally, I have two videos I've included in this. The new Atomic City video by U2, which is just a damn cool video uh, for a damn cool song. And then there's a behind-the-scenes look at U2's new Las Vegas Sphere residency uh, that was done on CBS Mornings. So that clip is also in there as well. You sort of get a behind-the-scenes peek at, uh, at the Sphere and all the cool stuff it can do. Moving on to the new release section, new releases that dropped this past Friday are uh, as follows. Animal Collective, Blonde Redhead, Ed Sheeran, Friendship Commanders, Green Day, Gunship, Jason Isbell, Say she, she Slow Pulp, U2's new single, and Wilco's new album Cousin. All of those came out this past week. Uh, out of those, I highly recommend the Blonde Redhead album and the Friendship Commanders album Mass. Oh my god. That kicks ass. I highly, highly recommend that album. Uh, of course the Dookie reissue from Green Day is great, as is the Southeastern reissue from Jason Isbell. Say she, She's album Silver is also excellent. And that new Atomic City song from U2. Really, really good. Go check all of that out. There's links to listen to those tracks or albums in the newsletter. Now, for the release radar that's upcoming releases over the next 30 days or so, we can look forward to new music from Dogstar, Heatmiser, Huskerdoo, Ilsey, Incubus, Joni Mitchell, Meat Puppets, Omar Apollo, Sufjan Stevens, and Van Halen. That's all just next week. Following that, there will be the new Boy Genius EP, Holly Humberstone, Margot Price, and Ringo Starr. All of those are out October 13th. October 20th, the new Blink-182 album comes out. Bombay Bicycle Club has new music. Devo, Duff McKagan, The Rolling Stones, and The Shins are doing a 20th anniversary remaster of Shoots Too Narrow. Lastly, on October 27th, Black Pumas have a new album, DJ Shadow. The Gaslight Anthem, Jose Gonzalez, is doing a 20th anniversary deluxe edition of Veneer, which was a beautiful album. The Kills new album, God Games, comes out. the 30th anniversary super deluxe edition of in utero nirvana's in utero comes out prince has a diamonds and pearls super deluxe edition coming out and taylor swift's 1989 taylor's version drops on october 27th all of that music is coming out in the next 30 days that's a lot of music but i'm going to listen to all of it and i'm going to let you know what's good and what you need to check out too Alright kids, who's ready for a little music history lesson? This brings us to our final segment, On This Date, Musical Happenings of Historical Significance. Here's everyone celebrating a birthday on October the 2nd. Don McLean, Richard Hell, Mike Rutherford of Genesis, Sting, and Brittany Howard of Alabama Shakes and Thunderbitch. Also on October 2nd in 2017, Tom Petty, found unconscious at his home in Los Angeles, not breathing and in cardiac arrest, was taken to UCLA Medical Center in Santa Monica where he passed away at 8.40 p.m. That was a very sad day. October 3rd, birthdays include Eddie Cochran, Chubby Checker, Lindsey Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac, the great legendary Stevie Ray Vaughan was born on that day. Tommy Lee was born on that day, Gwen Stefani, and uh, Woody Guthrie died on that day in 1967. October 4th, birthdays include Jim Fielder of Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Chris Lowe of the Pet Shop Boys, and Richard Reed Perry of Arcade Fire. Also on October 4th, 1970, Janis Joplin was found dead at the Landmark Hotel in Hollywood after an accidental heroin overdose. Don't do drugs, kids. October 5th, birthdays include Steve Miller, Brian Johnson of ACDC, and Bob Geldof. Oh, and Harold Faltemeyer. He uh, did the uh, the, the, the soundtrack song for uh, that uh, fucking Beverly Hills Cop movie back in the 80s. Uh, That same day in 1973, Elton John released his seventh studio album, the classic Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. October 6th, Ginger Baker of Cream died at the age of 80 in 2019. Sadly, Eddie Van Halen died on that same day at the age of 65. And Johnny Nash, also singer, died of natural causes at the age of 80 on that day. He's best known for his 1972 hit, I Can See Clearly Now. October 7th, birthdays include Kevin Godley of Godley and & Cream and 10 CC, John Mellencamp, Tony Braxton, Tom York of Radiohead, and Louis Capaldi. Also on that day in 1976, John Lennon was awarded his green card, permanent residency status, at a hearing in New York, which overturned previous efforts by the U.S. government to deport him. And finally, on October the 8th, we celebrate the birthday of Johnny Ramone. Teddy Riley of Black Street, Bruno Mars, was also born on that day in 1985. And lastly, on October the 8th in 1988, U2 celebrated their first number one hit in the UK with the song Desire. The uh, Irish rocker's 12th single appeared on the album Rattle and Hum, which featured both live and studio recordings, a masterpiece of an album, if I do say so. In addition to being a career landmark for the band, the high-energy track, uh, which was built on a classic Bow Diddley beat, also broke chart records in the US, becoming the first song to top both Billboard's modern rock tracks and mainstream rock Tracks charts the following year desire earned a grammy for best rock performance by a duo or group that's the end of another show ladies and gentlemen thank you for following along thank you for playing the game you are all winners in my book Be sure to check out all the great music that I put on this week's playlist. You can find that Zappagram number 76 playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. Be sure also to follow me on all the social media platforms, threads, Instagram, TikTok, even Twitter, or X, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, Check out my Will Work for Vinyl t-shirts that are available in my shop. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed. Go to zappagram.com, subscribe to the newsletter. But no matter what you do, be sure to have a good week. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you see me here back again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I have been your host Chris Zappa, and I am out of here.